episode of read me romance is brought to you by missing a patch of hair on your leg while shaving and then looking at it like a weirdo all week and maybe even touching it and then missing it when it's gone whatever you guys know what i'm talking about hey lady listeners it's me tessa i'm here on this lovely wednesday to bring you the third installment of switch bitter by sarah nye and i'm going to get started on that in just a second but i do want to read one listener email This one says, hello, Tessa, Leah, and Mel. I've always wanted to write. I have memories of creating my own stories when I was eight or nine and loved it. But when I started creative writing in school a few years later, I couldn't handle the critiques of my teacher and gave up writing creatively altogether. All these years later, I still feel the need to write, but don't for fear of being judged. How do you handle the fear of being judged when you got started? Yeah. So I guess this email, it's... um from the week where we gave writer advice. And I think if I could tell you anything as, um, as I've been a published author for six years and it never stops being jarring. It never gets easier to see, to see people that didn't like your book because you do spend a lot of time and energy and thought and, you know, your fears and your hopes and everything you put it into this one project. And then you, um, kind of maybe accidentally come across something that is like very flippant or just like, you know, kind of disregards it. And that's hard, you know? So if I could tell you one bit of advice is do not seek out reviews for your work. And, you know, they're for readers. They're not for you. They're not for authors. They're for readers to tell each other what they felt, what their experience was about that piece, that piece of work. And, um, you know, like when it comes down to it, it's really a taste thing. Like, do I love Mariah Carey? No, I don't love Mariah Carey, but she's like the, she's a phenomenal artist and singer. It's just not for me personally, you know? So like, I wouldn't like give Mariah Carey's album five stars. And yet she's like one of the like <laughs> most, you know, talented singers out there. Right. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. Reviewers have a really hard job. Um, I don't think a lot of them like putting out reviews that are negative. And I think, you know, like I just respect what they do. And I respect that they took their time to read my book. And if they decided they didn't connect with the characters or the tone or the storyline or the plot, I just, you know, it, it it's like it hurts for a minute and then just tuck it away and then go read a positive review or um, just go you know, go talk to someone who liked it. I don't know. Find a coping mechanism maybe would be the best thing to do. But just remember, like, you know, you you did something, you accomplished something, and no one can take that away from you, whether they liked it or not. And, you know, like, I guess that's my advice. It's really hard. It's hard for me to give advice um, because too much advice on this because I don't want to make it seem like reviewers aren't doing something fantastic because they are. But it's just not. you know, like I, it's, it's something that readers should seek out rather than, rather than you, you should focus on your next project. (laughs) The other thing I want to say is that if you read too many negative reviews, you will shape your work to suit that, to suit those negative reviews. 
It's just like human nature. You want to please people and you'll, so if you read a review that's, or maybe one or two reviews that are like, oh, she writes really unlikable heroines. And then suddenly that's in your head and you start trying to write a more likable heroine, but that's not your style. And that's going to come across on the page and your work is going to be something that you never intended it to be. And that's, that's no good. So yeah, my advice is just stay, stay away uh, from the reviews. Let the reader seek them out. You just stick to what you want and tell the stories you want to tell. And, you know, that's all I got. <laughs> it never stops being hard. There's this author, Tahir Mafi. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She's like a big YA author. And I saw her do a talk at the 90, 92nd Street Y in Manhattan. And she was like, oh my God. She's like, one day I went on Amazon and read all my one-star reviews. And I was just like, Jesus, like she has one-star reviews. She has this like majorly popular, like massively loved series. And, you know, she has one-star reviews. Like if you go on Goodreads right now, like a couple of my books have a higher star rating than The Catcher in the Rye. So like, what are we doing here? It's all, it's just, it's just subjective and it's all one person's taste, you know, per review. And you can't let it, you can't let it uh, affect how you're going to do your job. Okay. So that's my pep talk for today. I hope that wasn't made any sense. I hope that made sense. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and set you off on your journey here into <laughs> the third installment of uh, Switch Bitter by Sarah Nye, and I'll talk to you guys when it's over. Bye! Piper. Even three hours later, my heart is still racing a million beats per minute. A slight exaggeration, maybe, but it might as well be. I don't think I've been this fidgety since Mallory entered me to sing with her in the high school talent show. A wry smile crosses my face. Mallory. Always getting me into some kind of drama in an attempt to make me more outgoing and less shy. I cross my bedroom and quietly close the door, locking it behind me. Pad quietly to the dresser and remove the slip of paper I've been hiding in an old copy of Jane Eyre. Unfold it. The phone number I already have memorized causing my heart to pound harder. Just the sight of it along with his name. Ryder Williams, 5552389. My teeth run over my bottom lip, biting down. I should text him and apologize, right? He seemed oddly disappointed that I hadn't contacted him yet. Confused, as if it was personal. I mean, it is but not in the way he thinks it is. I fold it up again, sliding it back into the safety of my book. Palm my phone, slide open the lock screen, thumb tapping on the compose icon. My fingers hover, tap, tap, tap. Hey, it's Piper, I just wanted to say, what do I want to say? Sorry I'm such a freak. Sorry I don't have the guts to have you come take out my garbage. Sorry, I can't look you in the eyes because all I think about is kissing you. Yeah, no. Hey, it's Piper. I just wanted to say thanks for being so cool about me not having you come do chores around my house. At least the money is going to a good cause, right? There. Perfect. I hit send. Pace the room like a caged tiger at the zoo, picking up my phone every 30 seconds. Put it on silent, take it off silent. Toss it on the desk on a stack of textbooks. 
check it again, and oh my god, what is my problem? Seven minutes go by before it pings. I can't look. I mutter to no one, grabbing the phone and staring at the name lighting up my screen. SMS from Ryder Williams. Ryder. I would have felt better actually doing my part after the auction, but that's not my call to make. I inhale a breath. Am I supposed to respond to that? He saves me the trouble by texting me again. Ryder. Is it? I'm immobile, standing in the center of my bedroom, neck bent and shoulders hunched, reading and rereading his words, not really knowing what to say. My phone buzzes, but not from a text, an incoming call. Oh my God, why is he calling me? Why is he calling me? Who does that these days? What the hell do I do? Answer it? With only a second to spare before the call times out, I slide the green button to answer. Um, hi. Good one, Piper, real smooth. A deep masculine laugh echoes on the other end. I thought I'd save us the trouble of all this back and forth by actually calling. That okay? Yeah, it's okay, but what guy wants to talk on the phone, on purpose? Sure, I need him to get to his point so my mind will stop reeling. I didn't interrupt anything, did I? You have a free minute. Only if you consider pacing my bedroom and flipping through movies on Netflix something to interrupt. I have time to talk. Tons of it, actually. My roommates are both gone. Mallory is studying at the library and Diana is at the student union working on some fundraiser for her sorority. Good, yeah. So, not to beat this subject into the ground, but I just wanted to make sure you were okay not cashing in on your 250 bucks. A thought occurs to me. Is the fraternity giving you shit, I mean, a hard time about it? No one has said anything. There's a long pregnant pause. This is just me covering all my bases. There's no statute of limitations, is there? I laugh. No, I mean, how about we call it 30 days from the auction? That's 16 days from now. Sounds reasonable? Ryder laughs again. You're never going to take me up on it, are you? He doesn't sound put out, but he put me on the spot and now I have to answer truthfully. No. All right. I just wanted to make sure. I'm sure. A stretch of silence ensues. So, what were you doing when I called? Staring at your phone number and torturing myself because I'm too afraid to talk to you? Getting ready to crack open a book? Liar. Which one? I glance around. Zero books in sight. Um, a novel? He's quiet. I like to read. Right now I'm in the middle of the biography of a sniper in the Navy SEALs. I'm, I clear my throat. I read a lot of romance novels. I've never read one. What are they about? Romance, usually? Writer's chuckle fills the air. I get that. But what's the book you're reading right now about? Well, it's about a girl who falls in love with a boy from her class who's black 
and the struggles are because they come from two different places. But it's beautiful, and I've already cried twice. That sounds depressing. The ending is depressing, I admit. It's not one of those happily ever afters, so I bawled like a baby. What do you do, skip to the end? No, I'm rereading it. It's one of my favorites. Books I've already read are easiest during the semester when I should be studying. Procrastinate much? No, it's more like a distraction. I take school way too seriously sometimes, and reading something that's not for a class keeps me grounded. I need to think about things other than neurons and microorganisms. I put together model cars to take my mind off school and shit. Excuse me? Is he talking about the little plastic ones you buy in a box at the craft store and put together with glue? Ryder clears his throat. Um, you know, those, uh, model cars? You can get them at Hobby Lobby if you want the shitty kind, but I get the good ones at a specialty store and they take hours, sometimes weeks, to put together. So, yeah. Wow, why is he telling me this? He sounds embarrassed to have admitted all that out loud. I throw him a bone so he doesn't feel like an idiot for sharing such intimate information. I'm teaching myself how to play the guitar. And I suck pretty hard at it. I'll never be T-Swift. No shit. Are you any good? Um, no, not even close. A laugh slips out. More of a giggle, actually. I'll never be in a band, not even as backup. We're our own worst critics, Ryder says good-naturedly. I'm sure you're- Nope, I interrupt. I'm pretty terrible, trust me, I'm not being modest. It was real sweet of him to suggest I might have some skill, though. Too bad I don't. Three things I'm atrocious at? Singing, dancing, and baking. And don't get me started on the time I tried out for the musical in high school. For the audition, you had to sing and dance at the same time. You can imagine how that ended. How did it end? Not well. I didn't get the part. Any part. Not even a non-speaking role. The line goes quiet. I can't throw a football in a spiral. And the last time a guy took a shot at me in a bar with his fist, I wasn't quick enough and ended up flat on my ass. On the ground in a dirty bar, gross. The last time I tried doing the limbo at my kid cousin's birthday party, I clotheslined myself. Ryder snorts. Yeah? Well, I have to look at my laptop keys while I'm typing. He does? Yikes. I, I think hard for a second, don't know how to play video games. What the hell is happening right now? What are we doing, having a contest to see who sucks the most at being a functioning human in today's society? I rack my brain for more things I'm awful at doing. Oh, I have another one. I pause for effect. I took a knitting class once and got kicked out because I couldn't knit a hot pad. Wait, what? I mean, technically, I got kicked out because I tried to plan a revolt. Mallory is a dreadful influence on me. But that's just hearsay. All I have ever wanted to do was knit myself a poncho. Is that so wrong? I sound disgusted. And I was. 
Was it so much to ask the instructor to show me a design other than a potholder? Who the hell wants to make one of those? And I mean, how hard could a poncho be? Pfft. Once, I tried making an omelet in the microwave and blew the whole thing up. He grumbles, eggs fucking everywhere. I'm right there with you. Once, I tried warming up some wax in the microwave and the container started crackling. I thought for sure that was going to blow up too. Wax for what? My upper lip, chin, hairy face, ah, uh, eyebrows. Ah, uh, I picture him nodding in understanding. Laser hair removal is on my bucket list. No man wants to or should feel the Fu Manchu growing from my bottom lip when he kisses me. Not that anyone is kissing me anytime soon, but still, someday someone will. And when they do, I want my face to be smooth as silk. To date, I haven't been brave enough to wax anything below the belt. A friend told me it's not painful, but I know she's a damn liar because I went with my cousin once and Clarissa dropped so many F-bombs, I thought we were going to get kicked out of the spa. Then to have to get it done again a few weeks later? No, thank you. I'll shave and take my chances with a razor. Jeez, why am I thinking about this right now? So... What were some of the things guys from the auction have had to do? Good change of subject, particularly since it's the reason he called in the first place. Ryder takes a moment to think. Lots of housework, tons of floors and bathrooms. From what I'm hearing, girls are way dirtier than we thought. Yeah, we are. Hair and styling products everywhere. Kyle Davenport had to make a few runs to a donation center with some bags of old clothes, which wasn't a big deal. Aaron Potter, do you know him? Some chick busted her door jam kicking in the deadbolt, and he repaired it so her landlord wouldn't keep her security deposit. That all sounds legit. I try to keep the disappointment out of my voice because, quite frankly, it all sounds so boring. Well... Ryder's hesitation hangs in the air. What? I lean forward. Do you have dirt on people? Tell me the good stuff. I can't. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Right, right. I pause, then. But I mean, one little tidbit, please. He hesitates another few seconds. One guy did get locked in a bedroom in only his boxer shorts. What? I screech. Stop it, he did not. I have so many questions. Why was he in his boxers? Why was he locked in? Who even has a lock on the outside of their bedroom door? Holy hell, what kind of girl does that? My thoughts stray to Mallory, because that's the sort of thing she might do. Then I shrug it off, knowing she would have told me all this. Besides, all she had Jackson do was give her a foot rub and take her for tacos. Dude, if I knew more details, I'd tell you, but I can't imagine it took much to convince him to get undressed. I know who the girl is, and none of this surprises me. Was it a prank? No, he laughs. I think it was seduction gone terribly wrong. That sounds like an understatement, you think? I'd never, my voice trails off. Lock a guy in your room? Ryder finishes. That's because you're not batshit crazy. Pause. Are you? 
Uh, no. And if I was, would I tell you? Good point. So. So. What are you doing tonight? I look down at my yoga pants, which are just glorified sweatpants, and the tattered hem of my hoodie then smirk. Oh, it's gonna be a crazy night for me. Lots of bars and parties and craziness. Was that sarcasm, I'm detecting? Yes, I was laying it on pretty thick. Any chance you want to, I don't know, hang out? Hang out? Hang out. What does that even mean anymore? Does he want to sit in his apartment and watch TV, but together? Does he want to go somewhere, to a bar, to a party? On a date? Scrub my tub while I sit on my toilet? I need him to be specific. I haven't been asked on a date since Jack Weedmeyer took me to the movies my senior year of high school. Hang out. What do you have in mind? Honestly, I have no idea. We could. His voice trails off because in this college town, there really is nothing to do. The school might be huge, but the town it's situated in is not. In fact, the largest employer in the county is the college itself. We could go bowling, he suggests after a long pause. My silence is extended enough to answer for me. Okay, so not bowling. How about we go have coffee somewhere? At eight o'clock at night? What the hell am I saying? Who cares if it's eight at night? The guy wants to hang out with you. The guy you have had a crush on for six semesters. How about we go to that place on Main Street where you can paint canvases and drink wine and shit? Now he's talking my language. Oh, that sounds fun. It actually does. I've painted pottery before, never a canvas, but I always see pictures on social media when my friends go do it. What's your address? I'll come get you. Oh gosh, don't worry about it. I can meet you there. Ryder's long pause is palpable. Okay, if that's what you're comfortable with. I know I'm being difficult, but I can't help it. I've always been awkward around men, mostly because I have so little interaction with them. It's a million times worse conversing with someone I actually like, not to mention Ryder is showing an actual interest in me, which is kind of freaking me out. Not kind of, it is. A lot. Like a lot, a lot. What does Ryder Williams want? Give me an hour to take care of a few things and I'll meet you downtown. Translation, give me an hour to take off these yoga pants, slap on some makeup, and untangle this mop of a mess atop my head so I can show up looking cute and not dumpy. Sounds good. See you in an hour. Hey, I'm back. Lady listeners, I know you guys love that. If you want more Sarah Nye, check her out at authorsarahnye.com. That's author Sarah, S-A-R-A, Nye, N-E-Y.com. You can pre-order Switchbitter, an ebook. I think there might be, I, I don't know if there's going to be bonus material or not, or not. We'll have to find out. Jock Hard, the Jock Hard series, How to Date a Douchebag series. We'll have links to all of that in the episode descriptions. And right, oh, today, uh, Bombshell by Jen Frederick is out. And I think you guys definitely, you guys remember that from season one of the podcast. It's the secret baby book where he um, has amnesia. <laughs> it's amazing. It was one of my favorites from season one. So that's out in ebook now. And I'm pretty sure there's bonus material. So 
Go snatch that up. I'll put the links downstairs. I was going to say downstairs. Down in the episode descriptions. And okay, I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, enjoy your night. And I love you all. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.